Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Arscast. Coming up on this week's show, we talk to Amy Lawrence about all kinds of stuff. The man in the bar has a player history. There's a tale of the unexpected. Ibuwe's in there. Plus, you can win the new home shirt. Stay tuned. So welcome to the show. It's another week, another Friday, and that means we're getting closer and closer to the start of the new season. In just, what, eight days' time, we're going to play our first preseason friendly against Barnet. Eight days! That's all it is. Excellent. I can't wait. Get some real football back. As I said, coming up on the show, all that good stuff. Amy Lawrence will be with us in a couple of moments' time. As well as that, uh, we'll be giving you a chance a little bit later on to win a brand new home shirt, courtesy of Nike. Uh, and we'll be giving you the winners of last week's competition as well, which is to win a copy of the Arsenal Stadium Mystery Book. So, what's been going on? To be honest, not a great deal different from last week. All the speculation uh, has surrounded Emmanuel Adibayor uh, and Alexander Kleb. It looks like Kleb is on his way to Barcelona for around 15 million euros. Uh, good business indeed. There's talk of uh, AC Milan now being in for Adibayor. Uh, and oh, I don't know. What can you say? What more can we say about those two guys that hasn't already been said or snored? Or, you know, making the wanker-wanker gesture. Uh, it's all a bit tedious now. Hleb, uh, like I said, looks like he's on his way out. So at least that's one of them. One of the deals closed. Whether or not uh, Barcelona can now afford to buy Adibayor is another question indeed. Having already pushed their spending over, I think, over 100 million euros. Uh, of course, they're looking to get some money back in for the sales of, of Ronaldinho and Etu. Uh, but... Uh, Nobody's buying them yet, are they? Nobody is really buying anybody. Across Europe, it's been fairly quiet, especially in England. There really hasn't been a great deal of transfer business, which is why I'm not, I mean, I told you, I'm not stressed about transfer business at all this summer. Uh, but for anybody who might be, have a look around. And who's doing any buying? Nobody. Nobody at the moment. Uh, so, you know, from that point of view, uh, there's even less reason to be stressed about anything. Uh, Gilberto Silva... It looks like he could be on his way out of the club. There are stories linking him with Panathinaikos and also with Ajax as well. Uh, and there is a feeling, I think, that Gilberto will be allowed leave uh, if he's offered that longer contract. And Arsene Wenger's always been like that. Well, they're going to offer him a much better deal than, than I am. So it's only fair to let him go. He'd be a gentleman, really. Be good to play for Arsene Wenger and then sort of get towards the end of your usefulness. And, and he won't stand in your way to make a few bob. Uh, at the end of your career. So if Gilberto goes, that'd be a bit sad, wouldn't it? Been a good servant to the club and 
last season, I suppose, I, I think, probably treated a little bit shabbily when it came to the captaincy uh, uh, and lost his place in the team to Matthew Flamini, the emergence of Flamini, who then fucked off. Uh, but Gilberto, throughout it all, was a very good professional, never complained, or if he did complain, it was always very measured. He said, I'm not happy, but I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to try and get my place back. And that's the kind of uh, attitude that a lot of players uh, could learn from. So uh, beyond that, really, there hasn't been a great deal. We still haven't signed Nasri. The latest uh, I'm told on that is that we're waiting for all the planets in the solar system to be in perfect alignment It only happens once every 872 years, but the moment that happens, we'll be announcing the signing of Samir Nasri. It's true. Beyond that, not really a great deal happening. Not too many names uh, linked with us uh, coming in, but plenty of time yet to make signings before uh, the season starts. Whether or not we get them for the first preseason friendly against Barnet remains to be seen. Uh, So that's about that for the news roundup. Uh, To talk a little more about what's been going on in general uh, about Adi Bayor, Kleb, and, and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, we welcome to the show now Amy Lawrence. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? Long time no speak. Uh, how's uh, your summer been so far? I thoroughly enjoyed the Euros, um, even though I didn't actually go this time. It was a smashing competition to watch on the TV and I think demonstrated quite sort of why England weren't there and, um, and where England have to try and... Uh, change things to try and compete on the international arena but what I think was quite reassuring was that the teams that were a big success and caught everybody's imaginations were the ones that play sort of Arsenal-esque football and that's encouraging because you know the way that things have been going with uh, for example the type of football that, that Chelsea like to play which is all based on power and athleticism predominantly and being hard to beat it was nice to see that the, the real success stories, and as well as Spain, you probably include a bit of Holland and a bit of Russia in that, really played superb possession football, rather like Arsenal do when they get it right. Do hmm. you think we'll get a, a new and improved, well, not a new and improved, but an even better Sesc for the season ahead? Uh, I mean, I think it's hard to improve on, on the Sesc that, ha- that has been, I think, fantastic for the last few years, pretty much from the moment he made his debut. He impresses me so much as a player and also as a human being. Um, I think it was great to see that he was able to be so influential and take such responsibility. And we know that he's been doing that for Arsenal for um, a a long time now. I mean, in in my opinion, he should have been made captain last summer. Um, And I know that would have been a bit of an eye-opener because he was young, but I don't really care. I think that he's shown that age is irrelevant when you've got that kind of class and I'm talking about class as a person and as a man and as a leader as well as class with football at your at your feet um, and he's got it all and having enjoyed great success I think the one thing it does do is put a little bit of pressure on Arsenal to give him those kind of emotions again because although he's had some fantastic times with the club um, and I think has a genuine uh, affection for the place you know when you've tasted winning things it's a feeling that you want to replicate um, so I think in much as Sesk has been fabulously um, loyal in, in the way he's behaved towards Arsenal this summer and also previously when a player is that good you have to you have to give them the environment that, that makes it 
really worth their while in this modern age because, as we all know, uh, not just at Arsenal, but any player, no matter how good you are and how happy you are, is supposedly up for grabs anywhere else. When you see Cristiano Ronaldo has been player of the year, uh, uh, won the Champions League and won the Prem, and <laughs> appears to be unhappy with that, it just mm. tells you that, you know, no player is, is, is safe or sacred anymore. So as fans, we have to readjust in the way that we've supported our, our individual players, not so much our team or our club. Um, and I think, hopefully, Cesc will stick around for a long time to come, but I think for that to happen in this modern age, Arsenal have to start winning things pretty quickly. But one of the things I did feel watching the way that he changed that Spain team whenever he came on is, for God's sake, Arsene, just shout out for the right players around him and this boy can win Arsenal the title. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, is the onus now on the manager to uh, to give him the players that he needs around him uh, to make Arsenal successful again? Absolutely, because I think, really, he has got a massive golden nugget there. And in my view, watching some of those games, you sit there and say, well, is there a better midfield general is not quite the right word but midfield all-rounder if you like in world football than he and I don't I struggle to find genuine competition at the moment I think he's the best midfield um, playmaker enforcer leader that there is um, and obviously midfield is such a crucial position in, in making a team tick so therefore it's pretty logical give him the right tools around him and he can make sure that the team does the business. Well, you, you mentioned the captaincy, um, and it's something I mentioned on the blog as well, that I think he, he should probably be the captain. Would you, you said he should have been made captain last season, would you do it mm. this summer? Yeah. Um, it's obviously such an important thing to get right, and although in teams past, it's sometimes not mattered who the captain is, and that, you know, sometimes when you have a captainly figure with those kind of characteristics, it doesn't matter if they're not wearing the armband because they do the job for you anyway. You know, um, there are countless examples in, in the history of football of people who have great leadership, even though they're not necessarily the one that leads the team out. But I think by the same token, it does matter. Um, and I think... You know, in in the sort of Tony Adams, Patrick Vieira um, uh, era, there was a, a very long period where Arsenal had a very forceful captain. Uh, Gallas um, has had his moments, shall we say, uh, in being the Arsenal captain. And I don't think it's for want of trying. I think his heart is in the right place. And I think he's a very emotional bloke, um, which perhaps explains some of his reactions last season. Uh, and I think probably Gallas would take it pretty badly. I'm sure he'd take it a lot worse than, say, Gilberto did when he was effectively stripped of the captaincy last summer because he was the vice-captain previously and was expected to step up when, when Thierry left. Um, but you've got to do what's right for the team. Sesc, for me, was the captain last season, and that's what I mean about you can have those attributes without wearing the arm armband. He was the leader of the team. He inspired. He made everybody tick. Um and, you know, I think it would do him good as a player to be captain. And I think it would do the club good. So I sort of think you've got to make harsh decisions. And Wenger has shown in the past that he's perfectly capable of making 
eye raising, eyebrow raising decisions. And I think this one might raise some eyebrows, but two months into the season, nobody would give a damn, really. All right. Uh, OK, well, most of the talk, I suppose, uh, this summer, we talk about players coming in, but most of the talk has been about players who are going out. Um, Adi Bayor will come to an... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, here's a question. Is it just because we're Arsenal fans that we seem to think this happens every summer to us? Does it happen to other clubs? Are we just not as in tune with other clubs' news as we are with Arsenal news? Or does it happen more to Arsenal fans than, than anybody else? I think it's happened more to Arsenal only in the sense that it's so obviously been a bit of a policy at the club for the last few years. I mean, but you don't have to be paranoid to look at the the statistics and the realities, which was since sort of Bergkamp retired and the, the uh, Adams, Dixon, Winterburn, etc. generation, then Keown retired. And then um, you, you had, uh, obviously, Vieira being sold, um, Omri being sold, Pires being sold, Freddie being sold. You know, I mean, coincidentally, these were all the high earners at the club. Uh, but even players like Edu, who were let go, who were important players. Um, I think that's kind of fueled the perception because it has been summer on summer on summer that what Arsenal have done is released the the really big names and brought in new players who don't have that name yet. And the, uh, obviously the incentive for the new players is to try and create that kind of aura and status, um, which is a damn difficult thing to achieve given what the previous generations have uh, have done for the club and done as individual players. Um, there's obviously a link with the financial situation at the club. I mean, there was a period where I thought it's just Arson being Arson, and it's part of his romantic vision to to create the, the antidote to Chelsea and Abramovich. But it seems to have happened too much, if you like, for to be absolutely convinced that that's just what it's all about. Yeah. I don't understand what's happening at the club financially because there's such mixed messages that come out. Um, you speak to certain members of the board and they will look you in the eye and tell you that there's plenty of money to spend. Um, you speak to Arson and he will tell you, perhaps privately because he doesn't want it to be so public, that that you know that money is very, very tight and therefore that you know it's all part of the funding for the new stadium and dealing with the debt and it's kind of like you have to create what you can from young players and, and sort of making money from players is a new thing, really, for uh, for Arsenal. It's not really what the club's been about for a very long time. But worryingly, it seems like it makes sense that part of the business now is trying to make money on players. Well, wouldn't it be fair to say, though, at the same time, that the likes of Henri, Vieira, Perez and Jumberg were let go at probably uh, the right time where they weren't, um, irrespective of their experience, providing value for money, you know, on the pitch anymore. I'd agree with that, with the exception of Perez, mm. um, who I think even now, two years after he's gone, I would absolutely love to be in this team. Um, so yes, I, I, I think you're, I think to an extent you're right, but it's 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 also allied with the way that football is going. So. The, the idea of making money on players is going to become more and more difficult because, as Arsene has predicted recently, I think the transfer system is is going to have to deflate because you're looking at 
because of the new laws and, and what's going on, players can effectively ask for a move after a couple of seasons um, when they've only got a, two years now left on their contract, which means you sign someone even on a on a four- or five-year deal, and two years into that deal, they, their value just radically diminishes. Um, and players do seem to want to, to, you know, they're always going to be offered a, a bigger salary wherever you are you're going to get offered a bigger salary somewhere else. As is, as is the case with Ronaldo. I'm sure he's being paid beautifully at Man United, but mm. Real Madrid will pay more. And I think any player, that's going to happen with. Because there's that handful of top, top super clubs who, if they want a player that's at one of the other ones, we'll just, out, we'll just outbid them. Mm. Okay, well, uh, talk about going for for more money and, and, and that sort of thing. Alexander Kleb looks like he's on his way to, to Barcelona. 15 million euros to Arsenal. Good deal. <laughs> <laughs> there, you've answered my I'm question. I'm sorry, that is, that is a deal and a half. <laughs> You're not going to miss him too much? No, I mean, we spoke briefly about Robert Perez and I think it says a lot about Kleb that there have been countless, countless games for me in the past couple of seasons where I've thought, oh, Miss Robert Pires, his team misses Robert Pires, mm. and you know uh, a, a lot of the fact that he was so missed is that the responsibility for trying to do a lot of what he did was with Leb. And for me, um, Leb just didn't deliver what his talent um, uh, showed glimpses of. When you have that much ability, which he obviously does, it's just one of those things. But but I think. You have to be efficient in football. You have to use those. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Talents and not just look beautiful. Um, and obviously the number of goals and assists, which is something you've mentioned often on the blog, speak for themselves. And I think this time next year, the... I just wonder how many Arsenal fans will really, really miss Hleb. And I think, hopefully, if Nazari comes in as expected and um, develops as expected with this team, I don't think people will be missing Hleb a great deal. And obviously, his um, his heart is not in it anymore. Uh, so I think, given that, and given the fact that you know, 10 million quid. Is it for someone who has only two years left on his contract, not a bad deal because if if you waited another year, for example, and then try and then he would do the, go down the Bosman line, um, I think you wouldn't get anywhere near ten million quid. Mm. 
Hmm. So I think that it represents decent value for money. All right. Uh, Emmanuel Adibayor is the other one. Um, he's had a lot to say. Possibly uh, he's, he's shot his mouth off a little too early. Um, what do you make of the way that uh, he's behaved this summer? Um, is he in the right to ask for more money after being given a, a new contract last summer on the back of what was, you know, a, a relatively promising but generally average kind of a season? Um, should Arsenal have caved into those demands? Does it not sort of set a, a precedent? Not, not the kind of demands. You know, was, that, that question was interesting. Should he have asked for more money? He said, well, of course he's entitled to ask for more money if he wants to. But... Um, the kind of demands he's made are, are blatantly insane. Um, he in no way represents the kind of uh, salary scenario that a player like Henri did. Um, so to, to count himself on, on that uh, on that level is is so delusional. It's quite sad, actually. Um, I think you know. I think he, he, did, he did very well last season, but it's so obviously gone to his head. Um, which is a pity, but again, that's modern football. And I think the Sesks of this world, who, if he does want more money, would, I'm sure, do it very privately um, and in the right way, are going to become less and less common. Mm. And the Adebayors, who have one good season and think they're God, are going to become more and more common. And that's why, as a supporter, it just becomes more difficult to get too attached to your players in the modern age. Um, I think I feel so, some sympathy in a way for some of the younger supporters that don't know what it was like to watch a player from when they were when they were like Bambi <laughs> coming out on little thin legs and looking like a little boy compared to the rest of the players and watching their entire career unfold in front of you um, and developing a kind of friendship almost with these guys, although you didn't know them, you felt like you knew them because you'd seen so many ups and downs with them. Mm. Um, and even some of the, I think to say to see that that's only a player who's homegrown or a player that's British is rubbish. You know, I feel even with the, the Vieira, Henri Bergkamp um, generation, who were three of the greatest players to ever play for the club, or, although they played for other clubs before and after, there's no doubt that Arsenal represented the great uh, period of, of, of each of their careers. And to have watched those players for, a, a, you know, almost a decade or just over a decade, was such a privilege to have seen them from when they were quite raw and and young and keen, develop into absolute world-class superstars, Mm. um, was fabulous. And you felt by the end of their careers that you'd seen so much of them and with them. And I just think it's a shame that for younger fans, I think that's going to happen very, 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 very seldom. Uh, is there anything we can do about that? No, because that's the laws of, of uh, football now, and that's EU regulations in terms of employment. And until football is regarded as a special case um, to protect some of those uh, ideas of building a team and, and creating some kind of loyalty and togetherness um, and not making it just about earning another five grand more so you don't crash your car you know that's really the only thing that can do it i don't suppose it helps too much when you when you read Seth bladder talking about there being too much modern modern slavery in football that players should be allowed go what's he talking about slavery at 50 grand a week well i mean perhaps he's being paid a little bit too much and that's gone to his head Mm. but he's obviously that's an entirely inappropriate 
um, metaphor. So <clears throat> nobody buys that. It's just yet another load of rubbish spouted from the mouth of Seth Blatter. He's been doing it for years. I wouldn't take too much notice. All right, Amy, we'll, uh, we better leave it there, but we'll, we'll chat to you maybe later in the summer about some of our Arsenal slaves. Um, <laughs> yes, and, and all, all these new signings that are going to come between now and this is the middle of August to, yeah. to create the, the, the Champions League winning team around Sesc. That's exactly it. All right. <laughs> okay, Amy, thanks a lot. Take care. My thanks as always to Amy, and she'll be back on another Arscast very soon. I hope uh, we'll go, after all that talking, uh, straight to the bar, where the man in the bar has got a player history. Hello and welcome to another player history on the Arscast with me, the man in the bar. This week we're going to be talking about a fella called Alexander Kleb. <laughs> uh, just joking which he hasn't left yet. Still, he has, but nearly there. We're nearly there. I've got the old paper plates out and the Rice crispy buns and the Fuck Off Lab banner that I made especially. Oh, Jesus, we're going to have some party that day. Anyway, do you remember a player that Arsene Wenger signed and you kind of go, what in the name of Jesus is he after signing him for? There was a few of them along the way, weren't there? If you think about Stefan Maltz, for example, or... Alberto Mendez, Cabadiawara, Fabian Caballero, Emmanuel Abue. These are names that spring to mind when you think, holy Jesus, what's he after doing that for? But there's one name that stands out above all others when it comes to this, and that name is Junichi Inamoto. Now, Junichi Inamoto is a Japanese fella. And Junichi Inamoto in Japanese means Junichi Inamoto. Now, he signed from Gamba Osaka, which is a very famous Japanese football team made up entirely of people that love prawns. And he signed in 2001, and he, 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 he looked like a Monchichi. Do you remember those dolls? He looked like one of those. And everyone said... Jesus, what are we signing him for? And other people said, well, it must be to sell a few old football shirts in Japan. But my whole thinking on that would be, like, if you were in Japan, right, why would you want to buy a football shirt when you can buy loads of cool gadgets? Do you ever see the stuff they make over there? It's awesome. They were the first people to invent the calculator digital watch, you know. And those things were the height of brilliance back in the day. Think about what they could do now. They've probably got transporters and invisible light bulbs and laptops thinner than a piece of paper and MP3 players that are so tiny but they can still play your 12-inch vinyl on them and God knows what else. So why would you be wanting to buy a football shirt? That'd be my thinking. I wouldn't buy one. Save all my money for gadgets, you see. And that's why, ultimately, Junichi Inamoto didn't succeed at Arsenal. It's because he was absolutely shite at football. That doesn't really have anything to do with gadgets, does it? Oh, well, never mind. Nowadays, Junichi Inamoto is a hilariously camp flight attendant for EasyJet on the London-Barcelona route. He says funny things like, Ooh, shut that door! And sings Better the Devil You Know by Kylie Minogue. It's true! Another player history from the man in the bar on next week's Arscast. Now, last week we ran a competition uh, to win a copy of the Arsenal Stadium Mystery Book. 
Uh, we had Greg on talking to us about it, uh, and we asked you the question, who was the manager of Arsenal in 1939 when the film uh, The Arsenal Stadium Mystery was made? It was George Allison, and the two winners uh, of The Arsenal Stadium Mystery book are... Uh, Ronan McGrath, well done to you Ronan and also Imad Rashid I hope I pronounced that alright I'll be in touch with you two guys to get your addresses and get the book sent out to you uh, the rest of you uh, can pick it up online at www.gcrbooks.co.uk that's www.gcrbooks.co.uk uh, it costs £12.95 uh, plus post and packaging and it's all jolly good indeed so make sure you uh, run along uh, and pick up a copy because it is uh, an Arsenal Stadium mystery book and you don't hear of the the Anfield Stadium mystery do you? No, the White Hart Lane mystery the only mystery there is why somebody hasn't fucking smeared all the seats with shit. So, Arsenal Stadium Mystery. It's the only one that's got a book and a film. So, go out and buy it. Put a pride of place on your bookshelf. That's what you need to do. GCRbooks.co.uk Coming up in a little while, we'll have a competition to win the new Arsenal home shirt courtesy of Nike. Uh, we've got a question which you can answer, uh, and we'll draw the winner, of course, on next week's Arscast. Now, though, a tale of the unexpected. Welcome to Tales of the Unexpected on the Ozblog Ozcast. Hello, my name is George, and I've got another tale of the unexpected for you. This week, nothing unexpected happened at all. And this created a wormhole of unexpectedness that sucked me into another dimension. As I was going through, I said, Jesus, this is a very queer sensation. It's sort of like that feeling you get when you're fucking a dog and the dog farts. When I came through the other dimension, there was me standing there looking at me. And he says, Hello, my name is George and I've got another tale of the unexpected for you. And I said, No. I'm George, and I've got the tale of the unexpected. As you can imagine, there was a bit of a face-off. And I'd love to tell you it ended well for me, but it didn't. I had to strangle myself, then smash my teeth in with a brick so nobody would be able to identify the corpse. Luckily, by me, I mean him. At least, I think I mean him. That would be unexpected. To me. Another tale of the unexpected on next week's Icecast. The lads are back in pre-season training this week, which is good. Uh, some of them obviously aren't back yet. Those involved in Euro 2008 have been given more time to rest their poor, weary legs uh, they'll be back in due course. Uh, we did see some familiar faces, though. Uh, Bakary Sanya, Manuel Almunia, Gail Clichy there. Uh, Aaron Ramsey, uh, he was there as well. No sign of a boo Now it's time to be at home with Emmanuel Abue. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my home. I am Abue. Abue like trees. Top three Abue tree. Number one, horse chestnut tree. 
Ebue loved to play with conkers. Number two, pine tree. Ebue bathroom not smell pine fresh without pine tree. Number three, Ebue tree. Joshua tree. Ebue think nothing better than unforgettable fire, but then came Joshua tree. Remind Ebue of when Ebue and big pal Jacob used to go disco. Sometimes Jacob he not go, but Ebue would always go, with or without you. You go now. Tune in next week for more At Home with Ebue. Oh, baby. But I'm sure he'll turn up probably in his, uh, in his uh, tiger suit. It would be kind of awesome. I mean, the only way I'd really like to see Abue play for us anymore is if he was made play in his tiger suit. With those big great feet and his tail. Imagine the ref, free kick. What, for what, ref? You were pulling his tail. Yeah, but it's like two feet long and, you know, that'd be cool. And I suppose now that everybody's back for preseason or they're coming back for preseason, uh, things will be happening. Players will be wanting to start their preseason with, with other clubs and, and maybe the transfer window will, will start kicking off a bit. I don't, can a window kick off? The transfer market will kick off. Things will start happening. That's basically the gist of what I'm saying there. You know what I mean. So, uh, the new home kit. Would you like to win a home shirt? Would you? I'd say you probably would. Unless you've already bought one, in which case, you know, sorry. But those who haven't shelled out on one, you know, you could you could win one now. Uh, it's uh, courtesy of Nike. Thank you very much to them. And uh, to win, all you have to do is answer the very, very simple question. On the new home kit this season, Theo Walcott is going to be number 14. And before him, the number 14 was Thierry Henry. But who was number 14 before Thierry answers to arscast at arsblog.com. That is arscast at arsblog.com. Uh, tell me your answer, and I'll do the winner on next week's show. Uh, so that's about it, uh, really, for this week. Not much else to talk about. Uh, it's gone on long enough already, quite long enough. Uh, so uh, I'll leave it there and uh, talk to you all next week on the blog. Have yourselves a good weekend. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, due to the credit crunch and the downturn in the world's economy, there will be no end bit on this week's Oscast. End bits are frivolous and costly, so until such time as the economy rightens itself and something actually happens with which we can make a rather more amusing end bit, there shall be no more end bits. Thank you for your attention. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 